Welcome to another edition of Nebraska Gems. I'm Mike Melby, and today I am joined by a gentleman who, well, he needs no introduction. Although, you know, if an introduction was needed, I'd probably have him do it, but that would give it away. Anyway, he's a Grand Island native, a University of Nebraska alum, where he graduated in 1992 with a bachelor's degree in communications. While at Nebraska, he was a three-time All-American in track and field, competing in the decathlon, where he won the 91 and 92 Big 8 Conference titles. Now, although you may have never watched him compete on the field, I can assure you, you have heard him. Heard him as the voice of pretty much every live athletic event at the University of Nebraska in the 90s and early 2000s as the announcer at Eagle Raceway, or you heard him tell you all about the Camping World Truck Series, the ARCA Racing Series, Nationwide Series, and the Cup Series in NASCAR, where he is currently the lead announcer of NBC's NASCAR Cup Series coverage. My guest today is Mr. Rick Schwieger. Rick, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. A lot of people will probably go, wait a second, Rick Schwieger, I don't know who that is. Rick Allen is the NBC announcer, right? <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you to jump into a story I know a little bit about and and I don't know if I caught all of it when you you came back to Eagle after uh at, at that initial intro with NASCAR. But <laughs> you just kind of said it. Everybody's like, "Wait, wait a minute. Rick Allen does does NASCAR." How did how did uh the announcer at Eagle Raceway, Mr. Rick Schwieger, become NASCAR's Rick Allen. Well, great story, Mike. And you were a part of it uh, because I was announcing at Eagle Raceway. You and I were out there uh, entertaining the fans and having a good time. And a NASCAR official by the name of Tom Deary uh, was out there. Uh, we had called the races from Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, and uh, a NASCAR official came out to check on the uh, licenses for everybody at the track uh, that was competing. They wanted to make sure it was a NASCAR sanctioned track and everybody uh, was doing legalities and everything correct. And he told uh, Craig Cormack, the owner of the track at the time, he said, hey, uh, Fox Sports and NBC Sports are getting ready to take over the broadcasting rights for NASCAR. And, you know, your Rick Schwieger announcer here, uh, looks like he's got good enthusiasm, uh, good voice. Have him send a demo tape in. Uh, I think these guys are probably looking for pit reporters and things like that. And so Craig Cormack uh, passed that information along to me. Uh, and as everybody knows, back in 1999, uh, I had never been on television, had never really been on the radio. The only thing I had done was public address announcing at the University of Nebraska, as well as doing uh, the announcing that we were doing at Eagle. And uh, so when Craig told me that, I kind of laughed and said, okay, whatever, uh, and didn't think anything of it. And about two weeks after that, um, Craig called me and he said, hey, Rick, they're looking for your demo tape. And I laughed. I said, I don't have a demo tape. I, I don't know what to send them. And he said, well, you got to send them anything because they just called back and said, hey, you know, we're looking for that, that kid's uh, demo tape. And so at the time I had done a, a commercial with Tom Osborne and Barry Switzer, it was a cellular one commercial. And that was the only thing that I had of myself that was on camera. And then I think we interjected uh, some of our calls uh, from what was taking place at Eagle Raceway at the time. And we sent that to NASCAR. And surprisingly, uh, not long after we sent that off, uh, I got a call from uh, a gentleman. And funny story inside of that, I got a I got a call at my house uh, from a gentleman by the name of Sam Flood. 
and he was with NBC, is what he told my wife. And at the time, living in Lincoln, our bank was NBC. And so she thought it was someone from the bank calling and she was nervous. She's like, Hey, what's going on? Do we, you know, not have enough money in our account? Why is, you know, NBC calling us? And when she said it was Sam Flood from NBC, I kind of laughed. I said, Sam Flood's actually the producer of the NASCAR broadcast for NBC sports. So I think that's the Sam Flood NBC that's calling. And she, you know, sighed a breath of relief and said, Oh, okay. Uh, well then that's great. So uh, I called Sam Flood back and Sam, you know, kind of heard my story of never being on TV, uh, never doing anything in that world. And so he said, you know what? I appreciate the time. Uh, you're a little bit too green for us. So uh, good luck. And that was the end of that with NBC. But uh, Fox Sports called and they said, hey, you know, we're interested in you coming out and auditioning. And so immediately I'm, you know, a little bit nervous. I'm freaking out. Uh, I'm thinking this is incredible. Uh, I could potentially be on television. Uh, again, this is 1999. So uh, the end of 1999. And in 2000, they schedule me to go to, uh, to Charlotte to do an audition. And so first time I'd ever really flown on my own, uh, been out doing things, you know, by myself. Uh, they put me on a plane and fly me to Charlotte, North Carolina. I get off the plane. There's a car service that takes me to the hotel. And I'm sitting in the hotel and I'm thinking, okay, I have no idea how I get to the racetrack. Uh, I don't even know where it is. And so I'm nervous and I'm, you know, contacting people from Fox that have set this whole thing up. They said, well, just, you know, get out to the racetrack. There's a, a place called the Speedway Club. That's where we're going to be doing this. And so I had to rent a car and I went to what I thought was the closest place to rent a car. And it ended up being City Chevrolet, which, by the way, if you've ever seen uh, the, the movie with uh, Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise, oh, yeah. City Chevrolet is a sponsor. That car is actually up in City Chevrolet, right where I was renting the car from uh, in their service department. But so anyway, I get the car. I go to the Speedway Club and... I am, you know, terrified. I'm very nervous because I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, but I sit down and, you know, they said, who wants to go first? I jump right in. At the time, they had Daryl Waltrip already locked up. He was going to be their analyst. They knew that. And so they were making all of us audition with Daryl Waltrip. So I sat down next to Daryl and being, you know, around guys like Tom Osborne and everyone in Nebraska, pretty much, you know, most of my college career and after, I you know, reach over and I say, hello, Mr. Waltrip. My name's Rick Schwieger. Nice to meet you. Uh, not nervous at all about the fact that he's a, you know, a superstar in NASCAR. So he shakes my hand and he's got a few papers in front of him, but he's kind of looking down. And the next thing I know, he looks back up at me and he goes, Schwieger. He goes, there ain't no Schwiegers in NASCAR. And I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh boy, this is, this is the way this is starting. I'm a little bit nervous now. So the teleprompter uh, gets ready to go and I'm, you know, in my mind thinking to myself, okay, what do I do here? Because I've got to make an impression. And they start the teleprompter. I say, hello, everyone. Uh, alongside three-time Winston Cup champion, Daryl Waltrip, I'm Rick Allison. And I change my name and we start into the broadcast or whatever. Well, Daryl starts laughing. 
he just like, he goes, wait a minute. He goes, you can't change your name in the middle of a show. And we really immediately had a connection, uh, the two of us. And so I, every time we would start over, you know, hello, welcome to Charlotte Motor Speedway, alongside three-time Winston Cup champion, Daryl Waltrip, I'm Rick Yarborough, and I would change my name every time. And he just, he would laugh and we had a great time. And so we immediately made a connection. And that's really one of the reasons why I am not Rick Schwieger uh, on television uh, with NASCAR, because Daryl Waltrip said there ain't no Schwiegers in NASCAR. Uh, one of the other reasons is every time I've ever said my name, Rick Schwieger, if I say it fast enough, most people think my name is Rich and they don't understand, you know, my last name, how to spell it, how to say it. Yeah. So it really almost became easier just to go with my middle name, which is Alan. So that's what the decision was uh, after they ended up hiring me, uh, Fox Sports. And at the time it was Speed. Uh, they hired me and we had a little discussion. They said, okay, what name are you going with? I said, Rick Allen. They said, yep, that sounds great. So from that point forward, uh, back in 2003, I became Rick Allen on television. And that's a fascinating story. I knew bits and pieces, but I, I, I was pretty confident. I did not know the whole story and <laughs> thank you for sharing. That's awesome. There ain't no Schwiegers in NASCAR. <laughs> there and, still aren't, by the way. <laughs> true. And, you know, the thing is, um, when when you and I both started at Eagle back in 97, I was a, a, a sprint car racing fanatic. I still am to this day. And um, I, I had, a you know, a lot of knowledge about NASCAR, a lot of knowledge about racing in general. And you hadn't really been exposed to the sport much. And it, it was interesting how you picked up on all of the little nuances as, as the, the weeks and then months and then years went by and, and you kind of, when you got into NASCAR, I, I remember watching you, I believe, weren't you with Wally Dollenback when you were doing, I think it was the Craftsman truck series initially. Wally was, uh, he was a part of some things, but it was actually, uh, Barry Dodson, uh, and Dorsey Schrader were the first oh, guys okay, that I worked right. with. Uh, Phil Parsons was on pit road. Um, so it was a, it was an interesting kind of mix of the people that I worked with at speed. Uh, but we utilized quite a few. I, I have worked with Wally Dollenback, uh, on a few things. And actually I auditioned with Wally, um, when I was my first, I guess, foray at trying to get into calling the cup series. Um, at the time it was with TNT. And so I auditioned okay. with, uh, Wally Dollenback and, and Kyle Petty at that time, uh, which, Ultimately, there's, you know, relationships that were built at that time also. Interesting. Okay, so um, kind of a two-parter then. You, you, you've essentially kind of answered the, the first question, but I, I, I kind of want a specific on it. Um, where were you when you got that call from NASCAR that they wanted you to be the man for the truck series? And then the second part of it, where were you when you got the call saying, hey, um, you know, the cup series that everybody follows the biggest and baddest, you know, racing series on the planet. Yeah. We want you to do that. Where, where were you when you got that call? So the first one, um, it, it, interesting, I had done the audition, uh, with Daryl and a bunch of other people at the time, uh, that were there, uh, that went on to be a part of the Fox broadcast and, and speed. Um, uh, but that was in 2000 when I did that. Uh, and at the end of that audition, uh, they said, hey, you, you got a great set of pipes, man. Uh, you're, you're an incredible voice. 
but you're just way too green and we can't put you on television. You know, we can't put you on national television. You've never done it. And so I said, I get that. I understand. Um, but they did call me back, uh, in December of, uh, 2020 or excuse me, 2000, uh, they called me back to do an audition for their studio host, which Chris Myers ended up getting. Uh, but I met again with Daryl Waltrip and uh, at the time, Jeff Hammond, and so those two guys were on stage with me and they started calling me Cadillac Rick because I changed my name all the time. So they didn't know what <laughs> I was going to be called. So they went with Cadillac Rick. But uh, I left there in December of 2000 and they had said, hey, we're going to give you a call. Uh, we've probably got some one-off things that we can have you do. I said, okay, great. Well, the phone never rang again until uh, late 2002. Uh, it was, you know, in I think October of 2002. So two years later, uh, I hadn't received a call. I pretty much written off the fact that, you know what, I'm not going to be on television. I'm going to obviously be uh, a part of the Nebraska athletic department for my life, which I loved, uh, had a great experience there and learned so much. But that phone call came, I was on a golf course, uh, just outside of Lincoln. And I got a message on my cell phone uh, because I didn't have it on me at the time. But when I got back into the clubhouse, I had a message on my cell phone. Um, and it was from the, the head guy at Fox sports, David Hill. Uh, he's an Australian guy and David Hill left a voicemail on my cell phone and just said, you know, I'm not going to try the accent cause I Australians would kill me, <laughs> but he said, Hey Rick, if you're still interested in being a broadcaster, we have an opening. We're purchasing the Camping World Truck Series. At the time, it was the Craftsman Truck Series. Yep. Uh, we're purchasing that from ESPN, and we think you'd be you know, really good at being our play-by-play -play man. And so I get this message, and I'm you know, freaking out. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here's the head guy at Fox Sports is calling me. And so I call him back. Uh, we talk a little bit. He has an actual – he's got a Nebraska tie. His wife – uh, David Hill's wife is from Nebraska. And so we talk a little bit about Nebraska sports, about racing. And he said, you know, I want you to fly back to Charlotte, audition again. Uh, but I think you're our guy. And so, you know, I'm kind of freaking out again, thinking, okay, this is, this potentially could happen this time. And so uh, I fly back to Charlotte. I audition with uh, Barry Dodson and Dorsey Schrader and uh, a guy by the name of Rick Miner. Uh, at the time was running Speed Channel. And Rick Miner, if, if you imagine a pirate uh, in, your, in your vision, he's got the, kind of the long hair, he, one eye is you know, really kind of squinting, uh, kind of scraggly beard, had a cigar in his mouth, and just gruff, a very gruff man. He was the guy who was making the decision. And he sat me down in the office after we had done the audition, and he said, he kind of looked at me, he goes, well, he goes, what are you going to need to do television? And I kind of sat there and I'm like freaking out thinking, I have no idea. You know, I knew what I was making at the university, uh, but this was completely different. I said, well, I'll you know, have to let you know. And he goes, do you have an agent? I said, no. And he goes, don't get an agent. You don't need an agent. I was like, all right. He goes, I can offer you what I can offer you. I said, okay, whatever. And so he threw a number at me at the time. And uh, again, I was alone in Charlotte uh, and I drove back to the hotel that I was staying at, which was really close to speed. And I called my wife. Um, and of course, you know, at the time, this is uh, 2002. And I have now a 
you know, three-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, and so it's kind of amazing to me that this is happening and I'm not sure I'm very comfortable at the university of Nebraska, but I get this call. He tells me, you know, he's the guy, or he's the one who tells me that, you know, I'm pretty much got the job. I tell my wife and she's, you know, thinking, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know, I can't believe this is going to happen. And so I remember sitting in the parking lot and I was shaking because I thought, okay, my life is changing now, completely changing from what I'm accustomed to. I'm a Nebraska kid. Um, you know, and they told me, they said, Hey, you, you live wherever you want, you know, cause you're going to fly to all the races. So it doesn't matter where you live. Uh, and I'm like, okay, that's great. So I end up going back. Uh, my wife and I talk about it and, uh, we're excited. Uh, we, get started in the 2003 season in February. Uh, I had just finished up calling uh, the 2002 football season uh, at the University of Nebraska, told them that I was leaving. And, but I also said, Hey, I'm going to stick around because I'm going to be here. I can do, you know, certain things when I'm not on the road. Uh, and about two or three races in, um, Rick Miner said, Hey, you know what? If you live in Charlotte, I could get you a lot more work. You could be doing a lot more things. And so went back once again, talked to my wife about it. Uh, and she said, let's move. We're going to move. And so we, uh, you know, took our family who, you know, very, very young. And we loaded up the minivan and we moved to Charlotte. And so that was a huge life change uh, and, you know, crazy. But that's how the truck series and initially getting into television started. The phone call that came uh, as far as Cup Series uh, there's two people involved in that. Uh, the first one was Jeff Banky, who worked for TNT, uh, had been a part of NASCAR and, and racing for pretty much his whole career. Uh, but he contacted me and said, hey, I want you to audition for the six races that TNT has in the middle of the season. Um, and I was excited. I was ecstatic. And I, I, you know, just I continued to thank him over and over and over just for the opportunity, because in my life, I have always wanted to be at the highest level of whatever I did. Um, whether it was in sports, you know, when I was competing, uh, I wanted to compete at the highest level. Uh, I always thought that, you know, that's what you're, you're striving for is you want to be at the highest level of whatever you're doing. And so when he gave me that opportunity to come and audition, uh, I was, I was ecstatic. I said, you know, this is great. I appreciate it. Uh, I went in, I thought I had a great audition, uh, with Wally Dallenbach and, and Kyle Petty. Um, the producer, uh, at the time, uh, was the same producer that was doing Fox sports, uh, cup broadcast. And so I was, you know, thinking, Hey, this is great. This is awesome. You know, I'm, it's going well, I'm going to be doing cup series. This is wonderful. Uh, and it, it never panned out. Uh, they, they hired Adam Alexander, great friend of mine. Um, had him on the broadcast, uh, and he did a fabulous job. He's a wonderful storyteller, uh, a great delivery. And so Adam had that job and I was a little bit disappointed, uh, at the time. And I thought, you know what, that's, I guess, you know, that's just the way this works. Um, you, you've got to, you know, just keep your head up and, you know, work as hard as you can. And then in 2014, I believe it was. Um, 2013 or 2014, uh, in the fall, I got a phone call once again, surprisingly from Sam flood, who I had known because Sam was a part of the broadcast. When you go to a NASCAR race, Sam, you know, being in the TV compound, uh, you all kind of 
cross paths, uh, talk, discuss things, you know, whatever. And so uh, Sam is in charge of uh, NBC Sports. He's the executive producer. And in 2014, NBC didn't have the broadcast, but it went back up to the rights uh, as far as uh, ESPN had gotten out. And we were seeing, you know, NBC jumping back in. And when I got the phone call from Sam, I said, you know, Sam, I, I just, once again, I'm going to say, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it, it validates the work I'm doing that you guys are even thinking about me um, as far as your play-by-play guy. And, and so I was very thankful of that. And I had been with Fox Sports for, you know, over a decade. Uh, and I was like, you know, this is, this is awesome. Uh, everything I've done, it looks like is, is paying off. Um, they're appreciating what I've done in the past. But uh, I came in and there was no auditioning. Uh, it was more or less just an interview. Uh, I sat down with Sam and, and some of the other key players at NBC. And once again, it was, uh, it was really, uh, I guess, a, a very positive experience for me just personally uh because it, it wasn't they weren't saying you know what's you know how, how are you gonna call a cup race different than you would call a truck race it was you know what kind of a person are you and uh, you know we had a lunch and with these people it was you know kind of like who's 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 somebody that you look up to broadcasting uh just more or less looking at me as a person and so I appreciated that, that, you know, my work obviously uh, had gotten them to the point where they called me and were talking to me. And then they wanted to know, you know, what kind of a person you were uh, and would you gel with the people that they were getting ready to put together as a team? And so that went really well, uh, more or less was offered the job um, at that lunch and was very excited about it. Once again, you know, told my wife I was up in Stamford, Connecticut at the time uh, where the NBC Sports uh, studios are. And so, uh, gave her a phone call and just said, Hey, I think things have changed. Um, we're headed to the cup series, uh, and we're going to, you know, go over and, uh, join NBC sports. And so that was, uh, you know, really emotional time for me. I'm an emotional guy anyway, but an emotional time kind of, uh, validating all the work and, you know, wanting to be at the highest level and getting that opportunity. And so, uh, very exciting. And it's been, uh, quite a few years now. This is my 20th season of calling NASCAR races uh, with the Craftsman Truck Series uh, on into the Xfinity Series and now uh, calling the Cup Series. But uh, 20 years of calling NASCAR from a time when, as you mentioned before, you were very well-versed in NASCAR. Uh, my wife and I actually uh, went to the grocery store before I auditioned for that very first audition and got every magazine that had a NASCAR logo on it just so that we could study to find out who everybody was. Uh, so pretty big move from, you know, 1999, 2000 uh, until now 2022. And what I'm doing now, uh, you know, kind of the, the elder statesman uh, as part of the NBC booth uh, with the guys that I'm working with. So uh, it, it's been a fun ride up to this point. It sounds like it. And this is the interesting thing. And this is this is why we're doing the, the podcast, Nebraska Gems. Um, you've had a ton of success in your life, but you busted your ass to get there and you had failures. You had, you know, a couple of roadblocks. You had times when you were disappointed. And, and I'll be honest with you. My guess is most people that know you or know of you from when you were announcing at UNL all the way till today guarantee you they didn't know that story they didn't they figured wow he just succeeded at everything that's not the case at all i mean the, the work has to come in now 
a, a little side note, um, you with your obligations with the university back in 99, um, I believe you were playing in a golf tournament or you may have gone to Charlotte or something to, to audition, but there was one weekend you were not there. And I had to find somebody to co-host with me out at Eagle. And the gentleman I called was John Bishop. And I knew him through a mutual friend. He, he used to announce at the tiny little midget uh, go-kart, midget sprint car, uh, or not midget sprint car, mini sprints, uh, that was just to the what would be northwest of I-80 Speedway. Yeah. And so with the we, we had been introduced, and I asked John to come out. And so you being gone that weekend gave John a chance to announce with me. Ultimately, about eight months after that happened, I called John and I said, hey, is there a chance you might have an opening at KLIN? I want to do a sports call-in show uh, on the on the Blaze on Sunday nights, but the program director won't let me and I would rather do sports. He hires me in to do sports and ultimately I wind up calling 15 years of Lincoln Stars hockey literally because you were gone one weekend in 99. That's and it, and how you talk about you know just the way that some strange things happen and you said you and your wife went to the store and bought NASCAR magazines, <laughs> right before my very first game that I called for the Stars, um, I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought hockey for dummies because I knew the term icing but I had no clue why they called it. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I, I you were telling that I'm like I re I've done this. So Yeah. Um and I hope you like hockey too cuz if you've been doing it for you know 14 plus years, I, I hope I didn't send you down the wrong path. Uh no, no, absolutely loved it. It was one of the biggest uh accomplishments and just one of the most fun times of my life. Uh it truly was the the family that I was with um with the stars organization was, was second to none. Um, and you know, when, the, when they sold it, uh, you know, I, I had one year where I was still there with the new ownership group and it, it just wasn't the same. And it, and you know, I can tell you right now that first year I was not doing it. I did not miss the bus rides. So, um, let's <laughs> oh, now yeah. I, I want to go back to a little bit younger Rick Schwieger before he became Rick Allen. Um, the voice, You've mentioned it a couple of times, and I mean, we all know the, the voice is amazing. I, can you sing? Like, like I want to sing, but I cannot sing. Um, but you're you've got an amazing voice. I would imagine you would be really good at singing country songs. Can get? I mean, are you able to sing, or is it something you just can't carry a tune? Uh, I can sing, um, and as a matter of fact, that's probably where this whole idea of speaking into a microphone or talking for a living came from. Uh, all the way back in high school, my senior year, I was delivering a speech uh, in speech class. By the way, not a great student uh, in high school. <laughs> I guess I really probably wasn't that motivated. But uh, I was delivering a speech, and Carol Quant uh, was my teacher at the time. And I remember delivering the speech, and she kind of was just looking at me. I don't know if it was in awe or if it was just kind of like, at the time I thought she's, she's calling me out. Like this is the worst speech I've ever heard in my life kind of looking at me. But when I got done and I went to sit down, she said, Rick, you have an amazing voice. She goes, you need to be in radio. And I, that was the first time that anyone ever said anything to me about my voice. And I thought very interesting that, that, uh, that, that happened. But she was also a part of the drama uh, portion of high school. And I uh, I was the lead in uh, Fiddler on the Roof my senior year. Uh, so I was Reb Tevia. 
Uh, I was a part of musicals and choir for, you know, every year I was at uh, Grand Island Northwest High School. And so, yeah, I, I can sing and I love to sing. I love music. Uh, I don't do it outside of, you know, on the rare occasion, I sing along with the national anthem at a sporting event, uh, just in the booth or, uh, at church, uh, every now and then I, you know, the, the words to the songs that I know I'll, I'll sing along there. But for the most part, uh, I just, I'll, I'll sing in the car. I'll sing in my truck, uh, just sing along with songs, love too, but have never done anything where I've said, you know, I need to go out and sing. I have some really good friends, um, that are actually country singers or singers and that it, it's fun to watch them perform, but I could, I don't think I could ever get up and actually sing in front of other people now, especially after what I do. Uh, people, like you just said, people have expectations. Uh, they're like, Oh man, you got a great voice. Do you sing? Well, I do, but I'd rather not, you know, change that opinion that you have. of me. So I, I stay away from any kind of public, uh, singing, engagements unless i've had a drink or two which by the way i i do partake uh in a few beverages that make me feel like i'm invincible and probably one of the best singers out there then uh if if, if we ever wind up in the same karaoke bar uh i am buying you shot after shot until you get up and do a couple of tunes. <laughs> uh sawyer brown would probably be my go-to songs okay. i love sawyer brown okay so. fair enough now with the you you were not when you first your first words you did not have the voice you have today um when you tell me a little bit about the voice change uh you go from 8 9 10 11 12 years old you hit puberty and all of a sudden your voice is no longer your voice and it's turning into what it is today i know when i was a kid and i was going through the the weird voice change and my voice cracking every time i'd answer the phone at the house the person that was calling would go oh hi gloria or hi mrs melby and i'm like no this is Mike, her son. And I, you know, and it, it was just like, it would make me so mad. Um, we all got that. Yeah. So, so like what, when you were going through that, do you get any fun stories where like you just, things went totally sideways on a, with your voice trying to impress a girl or, or not too call? much. I think you're, uh, you're just a year, maybe two older than I am. So you probably, uh, we'll remember the Brady Bunch episode. I think Peter's voice was oh, changing. Yes. And that was kind of, for me, I grew up with, you know, Peter Brady and I thought, oh, okay, this is, it's normal. You know, everybody's voice does this. It cracks, it, you know, it does crazy things. But I think, uh, I think when it really hit me uh, was when I was competing in track and field at the University of Nebraska. And I went, uh, it was indoor and it was early on, uh, probably when I was a sophomore in college, I had, you know, gained a little confidence and I always would, I would always listen to announcers and I was like, you know, I could do that. I, you know, whatever he's saying, I could do that next up in, you know, the pole vault, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was like, man, I, I think I can do that. And so for some reason at one of the track meets, I grabbed a wireless microphone and I, I think at the time, uh, I think I kept saying quiet for the start. Like they'd say, okay, say quiet for the start, you know, before the races were getting ready to start. And I would, you know, say that and everybody's like, man, you sound really good on that. That's amazing. You know how you, you sound like you should be an announcer. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I guess that's really how it started. I just, uh, I always was impressed, uh, with the way people would deliver, you know, a message or whatever in the public address world. 
And that just interested me to the point where, like I said, when I was a young track athlete at the University of Nebraska, I grabbed a microphone and said, hey, I want to do this. I want to be an announcer. And the next thing you know, uh, I was announcing sports while I was still in college. Uh, the first thing I did was I announced the gymnastics meet. Uh, which I had zero knowledge of gymnastics or anything. And uh, one of the assistant uh, sports information directors uh, by the name of Keith Mann, he said, don't worry about it. I'll tell you exactly what to say. You just say it. (laughs) Okay, I can do that. And so that's exactly how the very first sporting event that I actually did as a public uh, public address announcer went. I had a guy telling me exactly what to say. I said it. And then... uh, The rest is history. From being told what to say over the PA system at a gymnastics meet to being the lead announcer for NASCAR's coverage on NBC. That may be a great history, but my conversation with Rick Schwieger is not over. Again, I'm Mike Melby, and we'll be releasing part two of this conversation in just a few days. There, you'll find out how he proposed to his wife, Chris, where one of his sons is going to play professional basketball next year, and what the other son does for a living working in Hollywood. Plus, he'll tell you what it was like as an 11-year-old to live through the night that 10 tornadoes tore through Grand Island, Nebraska. That's all on the next episode of Nebraska Gems.